This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Wednesday's Champions League preview. Welcome to Kego Lasso Pod. We have Jimmy Conrad, Jonathan Johnson breaking down Manchester United against Leipzig. Uh, Dortmund against Senate, Lazio with some issues. We'll let you know about that. Sevilla, Rennes, and of course, Juventus against Barcelona. Stay right here because we also have a chat with Dembaba from Istanbul, Beşiktaş, as they face PSG. So make sure that you stay right here because here we go. Hey everybody, que golazo pod. It's our Champions League Wednesday preview. Later on, we'll have a little bit of Dembaba, my interview with Dembaba as Istanbul, Beşiktaş. Base PSG, but we got Jonathan Johnson and Jimmy Conrad. Fellas, good to have you. Let's get straight to it. Barcelona face Juventus. Juventus got a draw against Verona. Barcelona lost in El Clasico. Jimmy, let's start with those betting and wagering tips. I, this is a tough one because both teams are decimated in their own ways, let's say, or have some strife that's going on. Juve have won only two out of their last six, and one of those was a forfeit for Napoli. So it's really hard to know. Cristiano Ronaldo tested positive again for COVID. I don't know what's happening. Coutinho's out. PK got that stupid red card against Ferenc Varos. So they're a little bit all over the place. And I think Barcelona is going to have to rely on some of their younger players to help save the day. Just a matter of who comes in. Is it Pedri? Is it going to be um, Dembele? You know, is Desk going to start now that uh, Sergio Roberto is back? So a lot of issues there. But Messi to score anytime, plus 110. I mean... Do you ever get value like that with Messi? I don't That's unbelievable. If he scores with his left foot, plus 138, I like that one a lot. Ansu Fati to score anytime, plus 180. Uh, Marata, if you're feeling Juve is going to get in there, he's anytime, plus 180. I really like the draw and the under. I hate saying the under, but draw and the under, two and a half goals. That's plus 340. I'm just trying to find good value for you guys on William Hill. Uh, I do think that there's going to be a lot of defense. I mean, that's the Catanaccio way, the Juve way. But because they have some injuries in the back, I think they're going to try to stack it up with a block of uh, four and then four. So a block of eight to try to slow down Messi and keep things predictable. I could see a one, one here. So plus three forty, I think is pretty good action. Yeah, that's great. JJ, um, as Jimmy mentioned, you know, the Ronaldo news were still, as we tape, we're waiting, you know, Pirlo has basically said in his press conference, listen, we're waiting for the latest test. And if he shows negative, who knows, right? And whether he starts, well, it is Cristiano Ronaldo. So I guess the rules don't really apply to him as they would to a general player, but there are other things here, especially from Barcelona's perspective. I mean, I'm feeling, JJ, that Griezmann has to start in this one. Pedri back to the bench and Griezmann. What, what do you make of this game, Barcelona, Juventus, etc. as we look ahead to this matchup? Yeah, obviously, I'm very curious to see how it unfolds. Uh, I think this is a really important match for both of them, not just because of the fact, you know, it's one of the most prestigious games in this group, uh, but the fact that both teams are coming into it off the back of pretty disappointing form when you when you consider the the talent they're able to put out there uh you know and I think Juve will really be praying that they can you know put Cristiano Ronaldo out on the pitch I mean okay if they can't do it here then certainly by the weekend because without him you know they they really really are struggling at this moment in time Barca obviously coming off the back of that disappointing result in uh, in El Clasico 
bit of pressure already on Kuman. Uh, you know, neither side can afford to, to lose. And if they do go down uh, in one of uh, one of these two teams, then, you know, it'll have to be quite a quite a tight affair in order for the, the pressure to not be ramped up on uh, on both of these coaches. I mean, I think Pirlo is in a bit of a different situation to Kuman in the fact that, you know, this is his first big job uh, as, as a tactician. So there's less expectation on him. But with, you know, with Kuman, uh, you know, you mentioned Griezmann, you know, with the obvious exception of, of Lionel Messi, Barcelona still have a lot of talent in that squad uh, and they're not tapping into it right now. So, yes, I, I do feel that Griezmann, you know, absolutely has to start in this one. And it's it's this kind of match that it feels like this kind of match where, you know, Griezmann could really step up to the plate and, and help Barca get a good result. But I was saying the same ahead of uh, El Clasico and we know how that one turned out. Yeah, we're doing great so far with our predictions right now. Jimmy, the other point as well is that no Gerard Piquet in this squad. So, you know, Kuman is only taking two center backs at um, Araujo and Lenglet. That's it. So if anything major happens to them, you know, maybe specifically during the course of the game, that could be an issue. How do you see Barcelona's defensive situation as they fit? Because Ronaldo or not, they still go Alvaro Morata, Dybala, like other players that can cause some damage. Yeah, I think that's uh, obviously a point of concern for Barcelona going into this. It's going to be interesting to see who he starts out wide. I think Jordi Alba looked pretty good in El Clasico and whether it's going to be Dest or Sergio Roberto. You can't put Sergio Roberto in middle of midfield if you feel like he needs a little bit more energy there. Busquets did look a little bit old and tired in El Clasico, but this is a big opportunity for Arujo, as you mentioned, for him to step up and and. I don't know, just say, hey, listen, if PK's out, I can still be a guy you can count on. I still don't know where Umtiti is. I'm sure JJ can maybe fill us in. I think he's disappeared. I don't know where he went. Uh, obviously, they need to get as many people healthy as possible to make that happen. But to the Griezmann point, you know, this is a good opportunity for him to step up. I wouldn't be too surprised if he was in the false nine, Messi was underneath. But yeah, there's a lot of issues there. And I think that's interrupting their flow. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a point of concern, but again, I think that Juve is going to come out and be very cautious in this one, for whatever reason, Pirlo has put out a lot of cautious lineups, uh, maybe overthinking it in some ways, which isn't a big surprise for a young manager. And I just think this one's going to be tight and it might just be one moment of magic from Messi that could decide it. All right. Let's, let's put you on the spot. Our predictions have been so great. He says sarcastically, JJ, what do you see in this game? Uh, who wins it? Is it a draw? What do we make of it? I'm going to call a draw. I'm erring on the side of caution. I'm going to say 1-1. But in answer to Jimmy uh, mentioning Umtiti, it's quite interesting that he brings him up because I was reading some quotes from Umtiti over the last couple of days where he talks about how he's converted to being a vegan uh, dropped, uh, dropped a couple of kilos, feels a lot healthier, feels like he has more energy, he's able to train better. You know, obviously we know what Mtiti can do uh, when he's fit and healthy. You know, he's a very, very good, solid, reliable defender. The problem for him since joining Barcelona is he's been largely struggling with injuries, struggling with fitness. It's one of the reasons why Barcelona wanted to move him on in the summer when they were looking to trim their bloated wage bill. So, you know, Umtiti seems to have some light at the end of the tunnel. It's just not going to come uh, soon enough to, to help Barca, you know, in the in the immediate situation. Uh, but the other question I would ask as well with PK is, you know, if it actually makes that much difference, PK for me is somebody who's been so complacent now for, for quite a while, doesn't really live up to the, you know, the, the, the form that he set in previous years. You know, I think it could actually be a blessing in disguise for Barcelona being without him. You know, we talked before uh, the weekend about the importance of Ramos coming back for Real Madrid, going into El Clasico. I actually think that it could be a blessing for Barca being without Piquet in this match. 
And he himself admitted it after the demolition that Bayern Munich gave them. He said it, listen, if I have to go, if people have to go, then we go. We feel that that may be part of the narrative. Jimmy, are you sticking with the draw here? Yeah, I'm going to go with JJ. I think 1-1 is the way to go. I'm going to go with a Juventus win because, you know, let's make it different. All right. All right. Some more matches here as Manchester United uh, after that thrilling, exciting nil-nil draw against Chelsea. Now uh, host RB Leipzig, uh, Tyler Adamson, RB Leipzig. This is a good one, Jimmy. G- give me some, uh, some props and betting tips for this one. I think there's some good action here. If you guys believe in RB Leipzig, like I do going into this one, uh, Manchester United have yet to win at Old Trafford this season. They lost to Crystal Palace 3-1. They got smashed by Spurs 6-1. And then they tightened things up a little bit and drew 0-0 with Chelsea this past weekend. Leipzig, on the other hand, are unbeaten this season. They're on top of the Bundesliga. And I just feel like... Julian Nagelsmann is just a better manager than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. With all due respect to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, I think he's he's done the best that he can given his skill set, let's say. But there's something about Julian Nagelsmann, one of the youngest managers in all of Europe, uh, and what little the magic that he sprinkles on his teams. I think he's done well. No Timo Werner, no problem. They're going to figure it out. Yusuf Polson has done uh, very good up top in the number nine spot. I like him to score anytime at plus 200. I also, it just depends on where you guys feel on this. Leipzig uh, to win is plus 215, which I think is tremendous value. And if you think they're just going to draw, that Manchester United can scrape something out, it's going to be plus 235 for the draw. I also like this one. I did a deep dive on William Hill and Rashford over one shot on target, plus 130. That is, for me, like a slam dunk. In the Chelsea game where it was very tight, he got two shots on target. And then uh, in, a, in another game that was even tighter than that, he had three shots. I mean, he, against PSG, he had three shots on target. So there's something about him getting opportunities. So for him to get uh, over one shot for plus 130, I think I'm printing money for you guys. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that's a great value, that one with Rashford, especially, you know, with Martial, like, you know, injury-ridden and other players struggling to find the target. JJ, listen, like, to Jimmy's point, uh, and I've said it too, like, Nagelsmann, to me, is one of the best managers out there, especially in Europe. And the problem that Lampard couldn't fix this past weekend was, even though there was possession, which is creativity in the final third, Nagelsmann, Nagelsmann with RB Leipzig's, like, suffocating press, just ultra fast passing. They could break uh, the deadlock here. And I'll give you one quote from Angelino talking about United. He's like, what I've seen from Manchester United so far, sometimes they're world-class, sometimes they're average. We don't have to hide. And I feel that that's what Leipzig's going to go out and just be like, we don't care that you're United Old Trafford. We're going to go at it. What do you make of this game? Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think, uh, you know, the, the Leipzig have anything to fear going up against United. Obviously, United picked up an unexpected win on the road against PSG in the opening round of matches. Uh, you know, but Leipzig can be happy with the, the way that they've handled themselves so far. Uh, I agree with both of you. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Nagelsmann. I think he's, you know, one of, if not the brightest young managerial prospect uh, coming up in, uh, in European football right now. And uh, the thing that I like the most about him, certainly in this matchup with Solskjaer, is the fact that he has tactical versatility on his side. It seems to take Solskjaer a couple of matches to strike upon a good formula, uh, and then he sticks with it for a couple of games, uh, and sometimes that catches United out. Uh, the way he was talking after the win over PSG suggests that he's going to try to set United up in a similar way uh, moving forward in the group stages, uh, and I think that works in, in Leipzig's favour because I think that they can change their system multiple times during the match. You look at some of the, the quality that they've got in the squad. I mean, okay, Jimmy mentioned the, the departure of Timo Werner, uh, you know, but you see somebody like Danny Olmo now coming into his own and, you know, he has 
uh, a phenomenal ability to, to influence these matches for somebody who's only really recently joined up the squad. Uh, and I think that this, this Leipzig side is very, very uh, interesting to, to see how they handle this, this second uh, Champions League campaign off the back of last season's semi-final uh, performance. It was, I'm not gonna say too much too soon, uh, you know, I think it was logical that they fell at that hurdle. For them to even get that far last season was was very, very impressive, and it would have given them experience that they didn't expect to have. Uh, and I think that you know, Angelino is right in those in those quotes. There, there's no reason for Leipzig to fear teams like United now. You know, they are brave, they're bold. Uh, you know, they're young, they're vibrant, and you know, this this Leipzig side is ready to attack anyone. And I expect to see them go out and really take the match to United. Exactly, JJ. Thank you for backing up what I said. I think my bets are fantastic. I got to go, guys. CBS Sports HQ is looking for me to hop on the old TV thing and, uh, again, regal them with my genius. So I always, appreciate you guys. Always and, a uh, busy man, always a legend here. Jimmy, thank you so much, and we will see you next time, Jim. Take care, bud. Thank you, guys. Thank you, appreciate it. Welcome back, everybody. It's just me and JJ, but fear not. Plenty more matches to talk about. JJ, let's focus now on the French teams. Let's talk about PSG as they face Istanbul Besiktas. We got Dembaba talking about them a little bit uh, in this episode. But, you know, what's the latest on PSG? Who's out? Who's in? How is uh, Thomas Tuchel's uh, team looking for this one? Well, PSG coming into this one off the back of uh, an easy victory over Dijon at the weekend. I don't think anyone expected Dijon to put up much resistance there and really threaten Tuchel's job. Obviously, Tuchel still under a lot of pressure because of the poor results this at the start of this season, notably that home loss against United in the opening round of the, the Champions League group stage. Uh, no Verratti for PSG. He's still out. No Icardi. Uh, he's also missing. Drexler picked up an injury against Dijon. He's going to be out for a while. So PSG do have some absentees, and I'm focusing on that midfield mainly uh, because that at the moment, PSG seem to have no creativity coming from the middle of the park, and that's a massive problem for them, trying to provide the ammunition for the likes of Neymar and the likes of Mbappe. Okay, Mbappe came off the bench, um, bagged himself two goals uh, in the, at the end of the game against Dijon. Moise Keane as well got a couple of goals in the, in the first half. But the, it's one thing creating opportunities against a side like Dijon, completely devoid of confidence, uh, you know, without a win to their name all season. And it's another doing it in the Champions League under pressure, away in a hostile environment like uh, Istanbul, Bashak Shahir, especially with the political situation between France and Turkey having, having risen uh, a couple of notches in terms of the tension over the last couple of days. So, uh, you know, there is a lot to consider uh, for PSG coming into this one. I think it's, uh, you know, it will be a big breath of fresh air for Tuchel to, to have the likes of Angel Di Maria back and, and in contention because he can provide that creativity uh, that's often been missing despite the fact uh, that Tuchel rarely places him in the midfield. I think uh, one interesting storyline to watch out for in terms of the, the starting 11 and the way PSG line up for this one is the little uh, debate going on as to whether Marquinhos will play defensive midfield uh, with Pereira dropping back into defence or whether Pereira will stay in midfield and Marquinhos will play in defence. We know how well Marquinhos can play as a deep-lying uh, playmaker uh, and Pereira is more of a, more of a midfield enforcer uh, than, a, than a creative hub. So that, for me, is, uh, is, is something that I think will definitely create a bit of a, a talking point ahead of the game, and I expect to see Marquinhos lining up in midfield because, for me, Tuchel trusts him more than Pereira at this moment in time. Yeah, in the history of the game, honestly, I don't think there's a better 
uh, example of a, a center back who can also naturally just easily just play as a defensive mid and Marquinhos fits that. Let's go to Rennes. Um, interesting things here from Rennes as they travel to Sevilla. Uh, Sevilla, who tied with Chelsea in the first game. Uh, what's the latest on them? And of course, their, their star, Eduardo Camavinga. Yeah, the situation regarding Camavinga is interesting. Uh, the, the official squad hasn't been announced at the time of taping, but Ren are expected to leave Camavinga out. No reasons given for the moment. Uh, we'll see if something surfaces sort of in and around that match. Uh, but Ren to go to Sevilla, even with Camavinga, I think they're going to be facing an uphill task without him. I think that task is going to get even more difficult. Uh, you know, and I think without all of the, the flair that he brings, uh, you know, we'll see Ren really go and, and try to hold out for, for a draw, remain unbeaten after, after their opening result against Krasnodar. Uh, you know, but I don't think that they will have targeted the three points on the road here, especially when you consider how motivated Sevilla are likely to be uh, coming into this one off the back of a, an opening draw against Chelsea. Uh, you know, I think that they they will want to make up for lost time uh, and they will be looking at Ren, uh, you know, and their lack of experience at this level uh, and targeting the, the three points for sure. So I think this one's going to be a tough ask for Ren. Uh, obviously, Camavinga's absence will make that harder. But if they were to be able to come back from Spain with a point, uh, this will turn into quite a positive start uh, to the Champions League group stage for him. Absolutely. A point at Sevilla would be incredible. Uh, some other games uh, for Wednesday, Krasnodar hosts Chelsea. You know, it could be a tricky one, but we feel that maybe Chelsea has enough to, you know, at least get a point. But you would expect with that squad to get a victory. Uh, Ferenc Varos plays Dynamo Kiev. Club Bruges host Lazio. That's an interesting one, uh, JJ. Uh, a few pieces of information in that one. Yeah, absolutely. So Lazio will be going into this one without a host of uh, regular starters. The likes of Chiro Immobile uh, won't be there. Um, the coach Inzaghi admitted pre-match that uh, his squad are in crisis at this moment in time. However, I, th I, I think the, the, those claims of crisis or, or that feeling of crisis is probably tempered by the fact that they were able to get such a positive result in the opening round against Dortmund. Few people, notably us when we were talking about the game in the preview, uh, expected them to, to do well there. So for them to pick up the three points early on, uh, I think that they will feel more relaxed coming into this one, despite the fact that they're depleted. Uh, you know, Brugge, with all due respect to them, and they also got a good opening result. I think that uh, Lazio will feel that they can at least hold on for the draw there. And, you know, to come away from the first couple of matches with four points would be a very positive thing when you bear in mind how poor Lazio's form has been overall since football restarted a couple of months ago. I, you know, I think if they can ride this one out, uh, you know, not concede any silly goals early on, uh, I think they'll probably be fine despite all of those absentees. But obviously uh, a, a big blow for them, uh, after the fantastic opening win over Dortmund. Yeah, it's a big blow, but I feel that uh, Simone Inzaghi is doing something that he used to do as a player. He's trying to just like calm everything down and be pretty conservative. You know, aside from the Dortmund win, they beat Bologna in the weekend. And yes, of course, uh, not having Immobile and other players is, is a big deal, but this is still a team that could probably get a point here. And if they did, as you mentioned, it's a really, really good start for the Italian side. Uh, and then finally, we have Dortmund 
playing Zenit St. Petersburg. And that's pretty much it. Is there anything else here from these matchups? Anything that we have missed, JJ, that you're looking at Wednesday and saying, you know what? Pay attention to this picture. Pay attention to this player. Pay attention to this team. We can even go back to uh, the, the games that we have mentioned. I'm curious to see how Dortmund bounce back from that disappointment against Zenit. I mean, I had Zenit pegged as a potential dark horse in this group at the beginning of it. Uh, I was surprised by their performance uh, against Brugge. Uh, obviously, there, were, there was some luck involved in some of the goals in that match, but Sergei Semak seems to find himself under pressure at this moment in time. Uh, so it's a, uh, yeah, I, I'm curious to see how that one plays out because it's, a team that I expected to walk the group against a team that I expected to take people by surprise and, and both in a vulnerable position after losing their, uh, their opening matches. So that, that one is definitely one I'm going to be keeping an eye on. And then, you know, obviously for me, uh, I'll be keeping a close eye on what's happening with the, with the French sides as well, as we've already uh, discussed. Absolutely. And you would imagine that Gio Reyna should have to start this. This is a game that Dortmund, I think, can't afford to lose. Uh, that's, for, that's for sure. Well, that's it uh, for our Champions League recap. Stay right here because we're coming back with a chat with Demba Ba, a player that uh, JJ also knows well. Uh, but JJ, always good to have you, my friend. And I'm sure we'll see you very soon. And make sure that you read his piece with Kingsley Coleman, Bayern Munich's Kingsley Coleman on CBS Sports. JJ, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks, my man. Pleasure is all mine, and see you soon. Hey, everybody. As promised, uh, I sat down with Istanbul Besiktas' Demba Ba, uh, a striker with a tremendous resume. Played in China, England, of course, with Chelsea, Newcastle, and West Ham. Three stints in Turkey, and the latest one with Istanbul as they get ready to face PSG. I talk to Demba on many issues, including his near decision on going to MLS. So stay right here because here we go. Demba, this is the club's debut in the group stages. And as mentioned, it's quite a group. When you look at it, how do you feel about it when you see Man United, PSG and Leipzig? You know, I think it's probably the hardest group, uh, as we call it, the group of death. You know, because the, third, the three of the teams that we have are uh, at the le- at least uh, semi-final of European competition, you know, semi-finalist, and uh, facing them would be a would be a tough task for us. I mean, you know how to upset PSG, right? The 87th minute goal for Chelsea back in 2014 um, sent them, sent Chelsea to the semi-finals. Would you say that that was one of your most uh, special moments in the Champions League? Do you think? That that was probably in the Champions League. I haven't played that much campaign, two or three of them, two of them, I think. And um, and you know, obviously, being from Paris, grown up in France, uh, it's um, it's one of the greatest moments, especially you know where I'm from. Being able to play Champions League is already an achievement in itself. Uh, that alone, uh, bringing Chelsea in semi-final, you know, it's uh, it's it was a great moment in my in my football career. Let's finish with this, Demba. You, you've played in so many places. Uh, obviously, you talk fondly of, of you know, uh, where you're from and, and also, you know, uh, Senegal as well. Do you see yourself going back to France and ending your career in France, do you think? No. no. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, because I know what I want, you know, and uh, going back to France and finishing my career... Is not part of the plan. Will it happen? I don't know. You know, nobody knows what the future holds us. 
but uh, as for now, right now, as we talk, it's not, it's not really part of the plan. MLS, maybe? Uh, it was at a certain point, but when I see how the country is, is, is going right now, it, you know. Difficult I'm, times right now. I'm not, it's a very difficult time for, for America, for the whole world. But when you see what is happening in America and all these, uh, uh, all these things that is happening with the Black Lives Matter and stuff, do I want to go there? And, and because obviously when you go there, you bring your whole family. And do, you, do I want to go there and educate my kids in, in, in a country that is living a big crisis right now on equality of, of race? I don't really know. It's a good question to ask. Finally, Istanbul Başakşehir, Turkish champions, Champions League, how far can you go? Uh, we can definitely win the league if we if we work the right way and we commit and and we do we do what it takes because it takes a lot to be able to win the league and in Champions League you know it's the first campaign as is the first campaign of the of the club so as an advice what I would what I would give to my teammates is just go and enjoy those minimum of six nights that we'll have to leave on the field because those nights are like no others. Istanbul Beşiktaş makes its debut in the Champions League group stages. Dembaba, thank you so much for joining us and good luck. Thank you very much. I want to thank Dembaba, Jonathan Johnson, and Jimmy Conrad. Make sure that you follow us on Kegolasso Pod on Twitter, and if you're listening to this on CBSSports.com, you can also please. Make sure that you follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Another place, another place where you can listen to the podcast. Not just the website, guys. Follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We will see you next time. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.